tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm! Welcome to Tim Fall Hat. <laughs> You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. That was my. That was a uh, gift given to me, uh, which is the coronavirus birthday balloon. Uh, I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea, but it made me laugh. <laughs> that was like some uh, some children's morning show. Good morning, Swarm. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. rock. Join me as always is me, Amigo, my partner in crime, my good friend, and yours, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? How you doing? Xavier, I, I, I'm trying to come up with a theme song for your new podcast, We Don't Smoke the Same, and I can't stop singing it in my head. We don't smoke the same. Bang, bang, singing, we don't smoke the same. Yeah. Bang, bang, singing, we don't smoke the same. Bang, You bang. missed it, Johnny. You missed it, Johnny. When you left on the last time we were podcasting, he was singing that for like 20 minutes. Yeah, Me what? and Dana were like, can you stop? Yeah. Like, we get it. Dude, everybody hates <laughs> I just repeat myself, but that's what I get. You know, when you're a mad genius like this. I remember, remember that time you got that Chili Peppers song stuck in your head, the... Uh, uh, Bud Sugar Magic. Yeah, yeah. She has. <laughs> that was like a month of my life. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Now try being pregnant and hearing that all the time. Oh. And he's on the ones or two, the hit new show that everybody's talking about. A brand new episode just dropped, Broken yeah. Simulation, Johnny Woodard. Yes, it just landed on YouTube, youtube.com slash Sam Trivoli Comedy. Check it out. Guys, those are two of the hottest shows out there. If you want to see this guy right here drop a mad hammer, spitting on a mic, doing stand-up comedy, I have a couple live shows coming up. I will be in Philly November 12th through the 14th. Uh, I'm at the Helium Club. All the links to tickets are in the description of the, of the video of the uh, podcast. Or if you're listening in the RSS feed description, you can also see me November 21st at Lombard, Illinois. I'll be at the afterlife. And then all the way in December, uh, I will be in in St. Louis, December 3rd through the 5th at the St. Louis Helium. And I am now working on Alaska as well. So I'm trying to put that shit together. I love the gig. Get out there and uh, push some pro. Oh, I'm also going to be hopefully in New Jersey on a Friday and Saturday. I'm going to get a date to be at the Dojo of Comedy. So I am working on that right now. We're looking at a date to rock and roll. Uh, guys, if you want to support the show, we got a couple of Patreons here. Uh, if you want to, uh, you want, if you can't get it, if three shows a week is enough for you, you want to get your up to date daily conspiracy fix go to patreon.com slash tin foil hat i also have a show where i argue with a lizard person on another patreon it's called patreon.com slash 
Brian Callen, and it's called Conspiracy Social Club. And we also have a very special Broken Simulation. Go to patreon.com slash broken simulation to get the episodes early. Then I have a spiritual podcast, and this podcast is is kind of remarkable, man, because I'm learning so much as I go. Most people do a podcast because they know a lot about a subject and they want to talk about it. This podcast, it's called Zero. It's my spiritual podcast. I, I'm just learning how to better myself. Listen, man, if you're stuck in your life, you know, the truth of the matter is the only person that's going to save you is you, and you have to start working on you. And uh, Zero is all about that. It's available exclusively on Rockfin. That's R. That's R-O-K-F-I-N dot com slash zero. And uh, you get two two of those episodes a week. No, but you – and then you get everybody else's too, though. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the, the best part, Rockfin, yeah. That it's Jimmy Dore's on there, Ron Pacone. Uh, uh, oh, Whitney Webb is there, Graham Elwood, Jason Burmese. Uh, and then a bunch of athletes are on there as well. So it's like, and it's growing. You got the the people from the Propaganda Reporter on there. Isaac Weiss just sent up. Sports shit. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm. A lot of people from sports, baseball, basketball, football. It's all there. $10 Netflix, man. It's the Netflix, even though we're about to shit on Netflix. But it is the <laughs> Netflix of paywalls, meaning you pay one, one fee and you get all these uh, different podcast, man, and uh, it's really great thing, and I'm honored to be on it, uh, dude. We got, uh, dude. I'm gonna tell you something, guys, and this is the truth. I would put our t-shirt selection up against anybody. I think the only ones that may be able to beat us is your mom's house. That's about it. But I'm willing to bang. I'm willing to bang, dude. We got all of them, Johnny. You like banging? Love it, buddy. Johnny loves to. You bang. know who I haven't seen in a Tim Foe hat shirt? Who? Johnny. Johnny. Johnny, do you have it? Which one do you have? Which one's your favorite? I want to get hooked up. I, I wanna, I'm not paying for that shit. What, do you think you're on the show? <laughs> yeah, but give me some free shirts. I'm not wearing them. You want I'm not me? paying okay. full Johnny, price. Pick, pick the shirt you want. Let me know, and I'll get you some. Okay? Thank you. Thank this you. guy comes over to my house. Oh, you got some shirts? He comes cool. in. He just starts picking chicks, through them. Chicks leave with tinfoil hat shirts from my house. Oh, Jesus. Oh, dude, I'm going to give them merch. If they're going to walk a shame, what you, what, Jeter? Yeah, what did you do? Yeah. The what did you do to the clothes they were wearing? That's yeah. what I was <laughs> He switches out bras. He gets their bras. They get my shirts. It's a good shirts. deal. It's a good deal. Hey, dude, if you're getting laid off tinfoil hat, God bless you, man. God bless you. But if you want to check out your tinfoil hat t-shirt, go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. And if you, let's say you want hats, you want mugs, we also have another store at TimFallHatSwag.com. So, guys, uh, we got a great show for you. We have Christopher Knowles back again to talk about sirens, and we don't get into it, but it is a great episode. <laughs> Please enjoy the show, and we love your support. Thank you very much. Good morning, Swarm. No, I should. Okay, start again. All right, let's get into it. Uh, back by popular demand, uh, his last episode, the people loved, and we want to do it again. Wait, Please, do you want to do the blue the intro? Is that what yeah, that's. You yeah, I know, I fucked up. So let's start again. Okay, let's be more professional, Sam. Please. All right, so let's get into it. Here we are. He's back by popular demand. Uh, to know him is to love him, and we appreciate. Him coming back on such short notice. Please welcome back to the show, Chris Knowles. How are you, Christopher? 
Oh, I'm great. It's such an honor to be here. I'm, I'm so gratified. So honored. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you prefer Chris or Christopher? Chris is fine. Chris is fine. It's very uh, Chris informal. Works. Chris works. I, I, it, some people, I have to call them by their whole name. Like, there's people that I can't call them by just their first name. Some people, you can't even say their name. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> But this has come from a guy who watches radio. So let's just figure that all out. <laughs> Guys, uh, so last time we were on, we are going to have this talk about the, the sirens. But we got into the whole situation with brainwashing of the masses. And I'm like, we got to have him back. So here we are today. Uh, we talked on the last episode that you were on that we were talked about the occult and the Super Bowl and, and the dark arts involved in that. I believe that occultists are at the top uh, of the food chain. You know, it's not Jews, it's not Muslims, it's not Christians. It's occultists. That's my my personal opinion. Um, and then they're constantly, I don't know if they, if they just can't teach old dogs new tricks or this is just what they do, but they're constantly putting it out in our faces. And I feel now, thanks to the internet, we have more and more information to understand what they are talking about. That is my personal opinion. Uh, so we got into the Super Bowl last time, but I really wanted to talk about uh, you know, the, the reason uh, my booker thought you'd be a wonderful guest on the show, which you are, uh, was you wanted to talk about the sirens and, and that what... What that involves in our entertainment world and its effect on the entertainment world, excuse me. So where would you like to start, sir? Well, I'd like to start a little more up to date, just talk about like some of these things coming up, leading up to the election, because um, I've been working on this whole idea of the um, the all seeing eye symbolism that we're all talking about. And I don't want to detour too much from the siren we can get into okay. that as well okay. but i just want to sort of just deal with what we're looking at now because um this is kind of fresh in my mind perfect so um what i've been doing for a while is just trying to decode this and the thing that i realized is that the great seal symbolism on the dollar bill both sides by the way the obverse and the reverse are both um diagrams of lyra and lyra is uh, vega you know the star vega star maps, Las Vegas, all that kind of symbolism. And, uh, you know, I've got confirmation on this. So people have been kind of wondering about this the whole time. And I'll tell you why this is, you know, really germane and cogent now, because we're leading up to the election and we're also leading up to the, um, the brightening of a star that's called the Demon Star. Oh, and the man. Demon Star is Algo uh, in the constellation of Perseus. And the thing that I've really come to realize, and uh, I've just done this week, is decoding the fact that, you know, this this stuff and, and this stuff and this stuff, you know, you know what I'm talking about? All the yes, stuff you see yes. in the media doing, you know, people doing so much, particularly people in fashion, particularly women. Um, this is a, a symbol of Algol. And Algol uh, also was the name of the first um, computer language that's leading us into AI and, and algorithms. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so, you know, the demon star. And, and this ties into to work that I've done a few years ago. And then I'm, I'm working on getting back up on the web now is um, the whole idea of Lucifer's technologies and that, that um, this, this is kind of occult ritualism um, among this technology as a whole, you know. 
uh, and I tied that into things like Roswell and, you know, how Roswell to me was all just very ritualistic. You know, I don't really have, I'm sort of agnostic on whether that was actually aliens or not, but I, I do think that it was very clearly um, ritualized. So we're coming up to the election. This is a big election. You know, we've seen a lot of um, color revolution kind of stuff, uh, riots and all these sort of things and uh, the, the COVID and just uh, this it seems to be a really huge deal because it's this whole idea of the war in heaven. So it's the war between you know, those occultists that you start off talking about. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the religions that we're familiar with um, are, are basically, you know, created for us, you know, created to keep us in line. And the people at the top never have and never will believe in them. I mean, it's just, it's, um, it's kind of naive to, to believe that they, they actually believe these things. So, like I said, we're coming up to the election. The election is going to be on the day when Mercury goes direct. I mean, Mercury's been in retrograde. I don't know if you've experienced any kind of technical glitches. I've been experiencing them all day today. Oh, that's all. I mean, I just had to go get a new iPhone because my, my phone was just glitching out. And, you know, my computer is uh, having – I, I got to get a new computer because it's going nuts too. Yeah, well, this is the time for it. And it seems to be especially powerful um, this year. You know, everything is just, you know, obviously coming to a head and reality is, is sort of coming unglued. And again, I, I believe a lot of this is um, because of the things that are happening with this ritualism, but also with this technology, which, like I said, is tied to ritualism. So this idea of the demon star, so let me just explain this real quickly, is that there's a star in the constellation of Perseus, but it's actually the Medusa's head. So if you look at uh, old diagrams of Perseus, the constellation, you, you see him and he's, he's either rising or falling from the sky and he's got Medusa's head, just, you know, her decapitated head in his hand. And, and I just want to put a, stick a pin in that because we're going to talk about the things that have been going on in this country and also in France with decapitations that, um, that I believe are linked to this. But so we have the demon's star, and the, the, the Arabic name for it is uh, Rasha Ghoul. So um, if you know your Batman movies at all, um, that's the Liam Neeson character in the first uh, Batman Begins. But so this star, it, 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 um, it's believed to be a binary star that um, the, the two stars sort of rotate and they blink each other on and off. You know, they eclipse each other. And that's so the meaning of this is the star going on and off. You know what I mean? Um, that's the meaning oh. of that. that. And this has been going on for very, you know, people have been talking about this and sort of making this, you know, very important in their religious uh, iconography for a long time. I mean, the, the, the Egyptians thought it was a good luck thing. They thought it was the eye of Horus. And that's, you know, that's what the eye of Horus really is, is, is Algol. But the Greeks and the Jews, you know, since they were obvious rivals of the, the Egyptians, they, they saw it as demonic or Satan. So um, what we're seeing, and also this thing, you know, the triangle, you see this all the time. You see, like, all these uh, pop stars doing that. Um, the, the star of Algol is next to a, a, an ancient constellation called Triangulum, and it's, uh, it's, it's actually a triangle. So um, that, I believe, you know, pretty conclusively is the, the origin of that, um, that symbolism. So depending on, on which way these people look at it and, and, you know, what kind of I don't know what which course their witchcraft or occultism takes. I mean, they're going to see this as either being good or evil. 
uh, I, I would probably argue that <laughs> more evil than good uh, these days, certainly. But um, so we're coming up to the um, where uh, Algol is going to reach its uh, peak brightness. And it reached its um, peak dimness uh, about a week or two weeks ago. And the interesting thing is that, um, so since this star is associated with this decapitation symbolism, we had this very notorious decapitation in France um, of a school teacher. And this is, um, let me just check the date here. Uh, This is two days. So this is a a, a day or two before uh, Algol was reaching its um, peak dimness. So it was being eclipsed. And also at the same time, I don't know if you guys saw this, but they in in New York at the Manhattan Criminal Court, they installed a Medusa statue, a seven foot metallic statue of, of a naked Medusa holding the head of Perseus. So it's that inversion again, you know, that what? inversion that I think. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is installed on state property on a criminal court. You know, this giant naked demon. Uh, with a man's decapitated head. And uh, the reason for this is that this symbol has been adopted by some people in the uh, Me Too movement, the hashtag Me Too movement. And that's, you know, that's the whole pretext for why this is being installed. Um, I have a real problem with this. I mean, if it's associated (laughs) with the Me Too movement, that, that, that basically indicates bias why, why are if I go into a court and I'm being accused of something I didn't do of the sexual nature and I walk in and there's a giant Medusa naked holding a man's head up and I know that's part of me too. I like, dude, it's obvious I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm, I'm, I'm on an awake. I'm the away team. Yep. Or you're fighting for divorce. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, like, that's a great point, dude. It's like, what happened to people? Why is this I mean, okay? It's, yeah, it's, it's all going insane. Um, so, you know, one of the arguments that I've been making for a few years now is that, you know, wokeness and all these kind of things are going to be the way that this new slash old uh, state cult religion is going to be reestablished. And, um, you know, I mean, this is a huge discussion and there have been all sorts of things that, you know, lead up to this. But there's also things that are more informal, like Burning Man, that, that I think also um, connect to this. But so this is the same criminal court where uh, Harvey Weinstein, you know, was ritually humiliated by the whole Me Too thing. And then that, you know, uh, the witness came on the stand and said that he had a vagina, (laughs) you know, basically emasculated him. And emasculation uh, is a huge part of a a lot of this ritualism that we're talking about, you know, particularly with Adele and Addis. So, um, yeah, it's just. So the interesting thing to me and the thing that I, I talked about on the blog is that so we've spent, you know, since May, late May, seeing these people pull all these statues down, right? You know, Confederate generals or, you know, now the founding fathers, whoever. So what are they going to be replaced with? Well, we know in one instance that it's being replaced with this seven foot statue of a demon. Right? So it's just like it's just That's utter madness. But, you know, this is the world we're living in and uh, people just better, you know. I'm surprised you, like I'm get accustomed surprised to it, fat. but also learn about what they're saying. You know? <laughs> I'm with you on that fat, yeah. naked yeah. demon. That'd be even. Yeah. That's almost too insulting. Because yeah, she's kind of hot, so I'm surprised the fat ladies aren't complaining. Like, hey, she's too hot. I'm surprised. How do you know they haven't? Oh, she, it, dude, she, it might think it's a she. You know, man, you bring up this El Elgo 
uh, I just find that so interesting because, like, how much trouble has algorithms <laughs> caused today? Everything's about. Oh, an they're algorithm. just getting started. They're just getting started. You know. You know, it's and it's just like, dude, their algorithms are fucking me. I'm, I'm, I'm not in their algorithms. I'm not part. Their algorithm isn't showing my videos. The algorithm—that's all we hear constantly. Algorithm, algorithm. And Johnny. Sam, you think this is going to wind down low after the election, right? The, the no, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going Don't to. Don't count happen. on it. Okay, Don't count well, on you it. just shit my birthday and cake. Then, but you can also you buy to pay to be part of a al- algorithm. Yeah. Huh, Johnny, you can pay for that now? On I was watching Sorry, the commercial. I was distracted by the virus balloon. What did no, you no. say? Actually? I was just saying that on the commercial, I saw this commercial where you can buy like an algorithm to be part of an algorithm where they're like, if you pay so-and-so, we'll get you into this new crowd and all this. And I'm like, they're just selling an algorithm. Well, I mean, it's gonna that, be money. It's I don't like, know what you would like. They're I, gaming the algorithm like they share, yeah, share videos. And I stuff. mean, Google would probably make a ton of money if they said, hey. You want to pay to be in this algorithm? Yeah, exactly. Pay ten bucks a month. Oh, well, they would probably make a gazillion. I mean, dollars. It's, it's related in some ways, and I think this is a sort of a false debate. But this whole net neutrality thing—I mean, it's all about who's willing to pay, uh, you know, money. to have their traffic prioritized on the internet. Now, I'm not—that's a really complicated issue, net neutrality. But it is related. It's I thought that was more about like no, it. But what YouTube it, has to, you know, back in the day, YouTube paid the same amount for hosting as we paid. Uh-huh. And now and, and, and if and the alternative is that YouTube gets to pay more and then if you want to start a business you, you would have, have to pay, pay what YouTube is paying to get people to see your website at the same speed. Uh, you know what I mean? And it, which may would make it harder for, you know, new And the businesses. truth of the matter is But it's very that's very complicated. This issue. all goes away if you just get off the internet. Yeah. Well, I wonder if Google is some sort of also some sort of reference to Algol because the, the, you know, the cover story is that Google is taken from Googleplex, you know, which is some possibly huge number. But what if it isn't? <laughs> you know, what if it's, it's all tied again into Algol? Because, again, Algol is it was created, I think, in the 50s, late 50s. And it, it, it was the, you know, the forerunner of all uh, algorithmic programs. So, you know, is that name just coincidence? They just landed on that name by happenstance? I doubt it. And, and I think that, and, you know, I, I do wonder the same thing about Google because, you know, Google has been pretty well known for using a lot of uh, Masonic iconography in their icons and so on. And, you know, um, I mean, they just changed the, um, the Gmail icon because for the longest time it was the... Um, the Scottish Rite apron. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you've probably seen that in a lot of different places. But I just want to get back to this Medusa thing because this was like, this just blew my mind. And, and this is connected to the siren in a lot of ways. So, I mean, I think they're both sort of different faces of the same, um, the same phenomenon. But so a couple of years ago in 2018, there was this whole Met Gala thing. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with these Met Galas where they, you know, all these celebrities yes, and yes. beautiful people get together and they just, they wear all these outfits. But this one was uh, called Heavenly Bodies, which of course is a, you know, reference ultimately to the stars and so on. And it was uh, where everybody was sort of wearing, you know, which would arguably be, um, you know, blasphemous versions of, of Catholic uh, garb, you know, um, you, you had uh, Rihanna 
you know, dressed sort of as like a pontiff and she was wearing the pontiff hat and everything like that. But also, Rihanna, you know, yeah, she's dressed like the Pope. But you can also, if you go online, you can find images. There's a magazine cover that Rihanna did where she's dressed up as Medusa. So, um, you know, again, this is just like this whole new world to me. But at the same time, they had this, you know, sort of blasphemous uh, get together, I guess you would call it, you know, this Met Gala, um, where they were all sort of profaning uh, sacred Catholic rituals and, and vestments and so on. At the same time, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, there was a year long uh, Medusa art exhibition. So at the same time, it's like, so which which God, you know, since they're profaning, um, you know, Catholic vestments and, and, and icons and so on, is, is this in honor of this new God, you know, this Medusa, Algol, you know, whatever you look at? Um, I, I can't really say, but I can tell you at the same time that you had the Met Gala and you had the, this, this year-long Medusa exhibition, you had this giant demon, the statue of a giant demon and somebody, you know, and a priest praying to it on the roof of the Met. And the uh, the demon, um, which, you know, looks like a Gorgon from, you know, of which Medusa is one. Um, it's, you know, a multi-headed demon and it's non-binary. And um, <laughs> it's called We Come in Peace, if you want to look look it up. It's by a, uh, an artist named uh, Huma Baba. But um, it's grotesque and it's really, it's frightening and i remember when i first saw that i said what are they doing like is, is is this like just like you know the truth finally coming out it's this is just so blatant um and you what know, do you think it is do you think it is that the they're just like is it like I, I just feel like when those wikileaks dumped happen maybe everything is theater and everything is scripted and i don't know man i don't know but it seems like the game changed Right around when those those uh, WikiLeaks dumps happened and we started hearing about hot dogs and pizza. And then, you know, people started doing some wonderful deep research and they started finding out more and more. We started le- pulling back the veil more and more. We started learning what these people are up to, what they do. How do they communicate with each other? How do they show that, the you know... How do they signal to the mass, uh, to the important people, that they are part of 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 the group, the army of the darkness? You know, and I don't know. Or is it that you know they're just fucking with us? Or is it that this is the game they play and they don't know how to play any other game? Guys, I want to tell you about our sponsors, ExpressVPN. That's right. You ever wonder oh, what the internet does with your data? Huh? How come the internet is getting cheaper and cheaper every day? Is it is it free market, maybe? Or is it the fact that they are mining your data, right? They're mining your data. They make a ton of money off of spying on your internet activity and selling your history and data to the big tech companies. You know what? And that's not cool, all right? That's not cool, and that's why you need a way, a 100% way to fight back, and that's our good friends at ExpressVPN, okay? ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all your devices and the internet, so everything you do online is encrypted. I love that, dude. I love that. It reroutes your connection through uh, a secure server that blocks all the internet providers from seeing everything that you do online. 
Thank God. I think it's a little too late for me, though. All they can see, all they can see is you're connected to ExpressVPN server, right? Right? This guy. Yep. He's I going, need it. He, this guy's looking at some weird Dude. Hispanic websites. Johnny's doing some weird tech stuff. Always loves getting deep into that stuff. And you know what? We don't want anyone to know we're doing. Nope. We don't want anybody to know what we're doing. And thanks to our good friends at ExpressVPN, all right? They do it. And it's not just your computer. It's everything. It works on all your devices. Cell phones. Your tablet, cell phones, your smart TV. You name it. Boom, they take care of you, okay? I can't stress enough how important ExpressVPN and how simple it is to use. So this is what we're going to do for you guys. Your data is your business. Mind your business, big tech. I'll smack you, okay? I'll smack you if you start getting into my stuff, all right? But with my good friends. So this is what we're going to do. Protect it all at expressvpn.com slash tinfoil. Visit expressvpn.com. Dot com slash tinfoil to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash tinfoil to learn more. You know, protect yourself. Help us by protecting yourself. Enjoy the rest of the show. It's so hard to pull those all apart. I mean, it could be all of the above. You know, people's motivations are usually pretty complex, but I'm glad you brought up like the whole thing with uh, all those... Um, you know, the Podesta emails and everything, because the post I did today was on Bono. And Bono has been a big one with this whole um, uh, algal symbolism. You know, he's always, you, you see him, in, he's always doing this always, and doing this. Always, always, Yeah, he, or he's doing this with the horns, and I'll tell you what the horns are in just a second. But um, can I ask something real quick? Is this anything, because I used to do this all the time as a kid, <laughs> is this mean anything? That's like the Batman. That's yeah, the Batman that's like sign, the, right? That just means you're a nerd. That's like, oh, that means I'm a dork. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, because those were the goggles that you were oh. fighting crime with as a child. Oh, but wait up. By all we're talking about, we're talking about the diamonds that people throw up. Everything yeah. that LeBron throws up. For everybody not watching oh, the show. Oh, yeah. before every every game. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Jay Z is an influencer on so much of that shit too, and I I want to know where he got it from. Well, he got sued by da- Diamond Dallas Page, yeah, yeah, DDP, which yeah. I think was a front that they tried to make it seem like that's where they got. Yeah, I want to know where he got really got it from. That's I Jay Z like really because well yeah dude Elsa Crowley yeah no, I, I want to hear him say it you know I want him to be on that guy is, there's that guy's in some dark shit I really dude he was that. he didn't start rapping till he's what thirty <laughs> six. Yeah. Like, like was it? no look it up I think it was twenty six it's like so late in the game and then he just 36. hits. Yeah. And like he doesn't just hit, he explodes. And then some of these don't even they don't they never sell drugs. Talk about selling drugs. A lot of them sold like Fifty Cent. He's like I've never even smoked weed, and he just talks about it because they they set you up to like go big. Ninety five. Well, well I've always thought that Jay Z is like a really mediocre rapper too. I never understood why he's so yeah, like twenty six is when he first. Well, played. well, it's like it's like you know the world is a stage, and for the longest time there's only a couple steps to the stage. And whoever controlled those steps decided who got on the stage. And, like, I feel like that's not happening anymore. Uh, I feel like you can bypass that stage and just jump right up onto the – bypass those steps and jump right up to the stage. That's my opinion. Well, I I think you're right. And I think that a lot of this, you know, this deep platforming and this targeting and, you know, the algorithms that you're talking about, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it because I think – 
I think there's a real sense, you know, among Hollywood and the music business and, and, and television and media and so on that um, the game's coming to a close. I mean, the, the um, franchise that they had on the monopoly of people's attention is, is ending. And you see all these like stars who are like, you know, have these big TV shows and now they're doing podcasts or they're doing like stuff like this on Zoom and they just look so, they look so weird. I mean, that's all the way I can put it. It's like, that's, this is not, you're, either, you're a fish out of water. This is not your element. It's naked. Uh, it's artistic nakedness. They're naked doing their art. They don't have a thousand people making them look good. It's like why I always talk about why I think the Joe Rogan experience is so much bigger than the Johnny Carson show. You know, it's like the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson had a thousand employees working on that show to make that thing happen. You know, Joe Rogan has Joe, Young Jamie, occasionally Red Band, and his booker. But how did it start, though? It started at their house. Just like Michelle Obama's podcast. How, how does it start? With the whole fucking crew. Yeah, it, and that's why I never work. Yeah. It's, like, it's in my whole theory on, I love women, don't take this wrong. It's like, what makes me laugh about, in particular, female comics starting podcasts? Because they, it's, they nest too much. Before they even put out an, an episode, they got a website, they got t-shirts, they got, <laughs> it's like, you don't know what's going to hit. Like, let find out if it's going to hit first, then well, do all I, that. You know, that actually tells me that some of them already know what's going to hit. You know what I mean? Like, they got the backing, they, they got the industry behind them, and they're kind of setting that up. But some it doesn't them. always hit. In more yeah, but cases, some, some of them, you see that so many times where you're like, why are these guys, do-? they have all these slick production and everything, and it's because somebody is, like, backing them. You know what I mean? You see that. Like, but going back to, I agree I with think that's, like, the elite game. is like, picking, like, I'm pulling sure people up are. and, like, marionetting them, like, and pulling the strings. You know? Oh, I'm sure some of them are. It's just the way it, it's just, like, women go straight to the good shit. That's my opinion. And it, no, no, I you. love I'm them all. You. Yeah, you're right. They're right to the good shit. But, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, about uh, the industry dying, and it's so interesting because it's all self-inflicted. And around the, the, the early 2000s, I, I would actually tell you that probably a little after, the, the, like maybe mid-90s, the game changed. And it was before the internet exploded. It wasn't really what it was. People are kind of on the internet here and there, but it not nearly to this level. Uh, it wasn't where people do business now, if not all of their business. And what you saw were these suits were getting too powerful. And it was no longer about finding talent. It was more about telling everybody what was talent and who the talent was. And so they started pushing out these people that weren't the best. And they thought it was, they, they had giant egos. And they were just like, you're going to watch whoever we put out. And you're going to like it. And over time, it started Sorry. to just erode. Because we were just seeing shittier and shittier and shittier products put out. And more and more people like, I don't like this. I yeah, don't people like aren't this. quite as dumb as they think we are. You know what I mean? We're, right? not, we're not that dumb. Man. I mean, I was watching something on True TV and I just contacted a friend of mine because I thought she was on it. And I didn't want to disrespect her. But she says it's not her. So this show was so bad on television. And it's just like, what television thinks people what television wants to give people is unbelievable. Like, entertainment is very much like sports, man. 
and you got to put up the numbers or else you're done. But the suits didn't want that. The suits wanted to dictate who was getting to the stage. And you see that music, and you definitely saw that in comedy, and that's going away. We're getting back to the entertainment. You still see it now. MTV's still playing 16 and Pregnant. Is MTV, is anybody watching that? My girlfriend. <laughs> see, there yeah. are people. The you challenge see, is like a the, big deal see, for women. The challenge, they're coming back with Jersey Shore. They still got Snooki running around. Well, they got like someone's aunt now. Like, what is going on here? It's well, terrible. let me just, you know, I'm glad you brought all this up because I want to, you know, bring this back to Bono because Bono's a perfect example of what you're talking about. I mean, he's got the biggest ego on the planet and he's always sucking up to Bill Gates and Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and, and he's Richard on the wrong Branson. side I mean, every time. Yeah, he's he, he's a just a, a joke now. But um, there were a lot of bands. So, you know, I'm older than you guys, and I remember at the time that there were a lot of bands that sort of were doing like that whole kind of sound. And I think there were bands that were probably doing it better than you two. But uh, if you look, if you really want to shock yourself, I don't know if you guys are even familiar with this, but go back and look at U 2s early record covers. And uh, boy, um, gee, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Uh, I remember when I bought those records uh, when I was a kid, um, they changed the record covers for the the American audience, but they changed them back later on when U2 got very popular. But basically, the first few record covers are all of like naked boys in um, very suggestive, I mean, in young boys, too. I'm talking like six, seven years old in very suggestive poses. And you just you, you go back and look at this like what 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 were people thinking <laughs> like what the hell is this this is just so strange, but I I think that I mean it's, look at it, it's the signaling it's like we 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 understand the game and we're going to play ball and uh, and that's that's the way I see it and I think that that's what Bono has been doing his whole life is signaling and I think when he finally figured out what this whole thing is with this algal thing and the all seeing eye. Then he started doing that because he just he's a kind of person that just has to hop on every bandwagon that comes along. But this is something I wasn't even thinking about until I sort of cracked the code on this whole Demon Star thing. And then I got in my car because I had to run to the post office. And then this song called The Fly, which is this horrible U2 song from like the early 90s came on. And... Um, I was listening to the lyrics and, you know, he was talking about the stars. Everything was about the stars and the stars falling and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is just too weird. So the post I did on it today was like, oh, yeah, he is talking about Algol because the fly was it was an old constellation right next to Algol, right next to Medusa, right next to the triangle. And that's what he's singing. So he's signaling again. It's like somehow maybe he just figured this out or somebody told him about it or something. Because it was after that point that he just became like Mr. Globalist, Mr. You know, every uh, bank and uh, Davos and going Bilderberg. To Africa, and, going to Haiti, working with the children. Oh, doing God. All yeah. That I mean, all that stuff. All that stuff. That just at the time we're like, oh, my God, he cares so much. <laughs> He didn't have to because he's a giant rock star, but he really, and then you realize that, oh, dude, they're dark art shit going on with all that stuff. It's all access to children who don't have kids that parent, excuse me, it's all access to pe- kids that don't have parents that are looking out for them. And that's Oh, it's going. true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really true and it's really disgusting. And, but also, I mean, 
a couple of years back, his it turned out that his he's got this one foundation. All these foundations, they're all either just like for money laundering or for tax piracy or for you know sex trafficking. And it turns out that his organization was was actually involved in sex trafficking in, in South Africa. Of course it so, is. And it, yeah, and he was like apologizing because what was happening is that the woman who was running, you know, the 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 branch in South Africa was basically pressuring the women who the other women who worked there to like sleep with like some commissioner or some government functionary or, or you name it in order to you know for bribes and for blackmail and all this kind of stuff and you just realize it's just like it gets to the point it's like is there any economy besides like sex trafficking money laundering and and tax piracy is that is that all that the entire economy is based on and everything else is just like window dressing because that's when you really start to look at all these like, you know, United Nations and Gates Foundation and this thing with Bono and just up and down the list. You just realize these groups are all so dirty. They're all so compromised. And, uh, you know, with Bono now, it's just like the mask is off. You know, people, the, the joke's over and people get it now or, or the right people or enough people get it. And they, they realize that, you know, he's just been grifting the whole time and he's, you know, he's been... Uh, working and apologizing for some of the, like the worst people in the world. I mean, the people who caused like major wars and famines and you name it, you know, I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. If you look at Nirvana's cover that has the baby in the water with his little pee pee hanging out and everyone's <laughs> like thought that was so cool. But then you look back and you've, you know, I've had people hit me up saying that, you know, a couple Kurt Cobain either found out, or he was a part of, you know, uh, what's what was his wife's name? Uh, um, Courtney, Courtney Love. Love trafficking some stuff, allegedly, and being involved with all that stuff. There's pictures of her uh, with well, she, Prince well, Andrews. She was, she was sex trafficked when she was a little girl. She was sex trafficked. Yeah. I mean, we've done shows on that, that she was basically a drug mule for the CIA to bring drugs into the Seattle scene. Like before she showed up, nobody was doing it. As soon as she got there, heroin just exploded in that scene. And, you know, heavy metal was replaced with grunge. Grunge had a giant, super depressed feel to it. Yeah, you couldn't tell by hearing her talk at all. She seems totally normal. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then she came out and apologized and said she wasn't on the flight logs. And then there she is on the flight logs. And... It's just like really gross, man. It's really gross because even though I think entertainment is like sports, it's not treated like sports, but everybody thinks it is. Everybody that watches and consumes it thinks these are the best, that these suits have allowed the best to compete for that spot and what walked on stage or walked on that show were the best of the best. And it's just not true. And it's just like, oh, especially Courtney Love. I mean, she she's like, first of all, Court. You know, have you guys watched the Soaked in Bleach documentary? Yeah, I have yeah, watched yeah. that. I have. Watched <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much sold on that whole theory. But um, if if you know anything about music and you listen to the you know that big album she had that 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 um, lived through this album, it's so clear that all those songs were written by Kurt. I mean, if not all the lyrics, but certainly the music, because it has a lot of his, you know. It has a lot of his signature kind of riffs on. And then, you know, it's well known that the second album after that celebrity skin, I mean, Billy Corgan and a lot of these other people had to come in and, and write the songs for her. Oh, and you mean she's you like hear... a uh, female comic that dates her <laughs> fucking 
boyfriends because they'll write their material. I hear that all. That's a giant secret nobody talks about. How many of these fucking Me Too females have no, no, fucking dude. male writers for them? I can't, I'm not going to bring up names, but I know <clears throat> female comics who got guys to write all their jokes. They exploded and just ignored the shit out of these That's guys. hilarious. Because they don't want anybody to know that they needed help. That's so funny. And that's not everyone. There are some very funny female comics out there, but there is a lot of bullshit going on as this push to put females to the front in comedy that a lot of these girls hired. Not just hired writers, not not even female writers. Hired male writers to write their jokes. And it's well, I wish Chelsea Handler would get a writer because I was watching <laughs> some of the clips from her new special. And I've never seen anything less funny in my life. I mean, I wanted to That's shoot so myself. Funny. It was so horrible. Well, she is. And then there was that special. Who's that woman? Who was that, that special on Amazon? She's from that show. I guess she was on a show from MTV. And it was just the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's like, who is writing this material? Are you, you know talking about the brunette? The brunette chick, the one with the curly hair. Yeah, she was on. Uh, she was on that uh, Broad City. Oh, she was on Broad oh, God. City and put it out, and people were like, "Oh my god!" And uh, then they had that one oh. chick oh, that was. Uh, I forget what her name is. She was the black female comic that was on. Um, that was on. Uh, fuck, she had Alana Glazer. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the she, there was a chick on HBO. I forget what her name is, but her special dropped, and then the the president of HBO had to step down. But it was so bad, and it's just like because it's what it is, dude. Is it's it's more about the agenda than it is about the thing. There are plenty of amazing female comics out there. I could sit here forever and tell you the ones that rock: Jessica mm-hmm. Pelusa, Christina Pajinski, Fortune Finster, Jessica Kershaw. I could go on and on. You know, fucking uh, what's her face that's doing uh the shopping sweepstakes? Um, oh, Leslie, Leslie Jones yeah. was an education. I could go on forever. There are tons of black female comics you've never heard of. That just destroy on the black circuit that aren't allowed to play because they aren't the the look that Hollywood's... And that's another thing. It's not just that you want an agenda of pushing a certain group on. It's just like, it's not even that you want the best of that group. Yeah, well, do Maria I, Bamford's a murderer. I think it's a, like a form of mass delusion, too, because I think a lot of people hypnotize themselves into thinking they actually like those shitty specials. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, because they're really kind of masturbating on shared... Ah, uh, beliefs. You know oh what yeah, I mean? this is like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't great. you guys agree? You're like, this yeah. is the worst yeah. shit I've ever like, seen. Like in there my are life. more, there are more applause breaks than there are laugh breaks. That's it's that kind of comedy. Well, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Clever is more important than hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that was clever. Well done. What is this? The Masters? Did I just hit a fucking putt? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Terrible. Well, I've, I've got a story for you guys. You know, tying into this. So, um, back. Again, I'm old. So back, I think it was like 1990, 91, I'd gone to the improv. Um, a friend of mine's uh, uncle was a, a comedy producer for HBO. So we went to the improv, and it was, I don't know if it was like open night, night there was a ton of comics. And, and I remember Jerry Seinfeld came in and did a set, too. I mean, he was funny, but there were like so many guys, like so much funnier than him. And there were yeah. these two comics that were, the two comics, like, I thought I was going to like, I thought I was going to have a stroke. I was laughing so hard. And everybody's looking at me because I'm just like in convulsions. One guy's name was uh, Hugh Fink. I don't know if you know him. And the other guy's name was Monty Hoffman. And, and they did the, 
like the funniest comedy I've ever seen in I my life. I know Monty Hoffman. That's so funny, dude. He would love to hear that. I love Monty Hoffman. That's so I, I, funny. I, I, I've never seen anything funnier in my life. I was just, I thought I was going like, to, again, I thought it was going to be an aneurysm. I was laughing so hard. And it's like, I was waiting for those. I was like, oh, these guys, man, these guys got to be huge. It's just like amazing. They had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hand, you know? Yeah, Monty Hoffman. You know, I saw, yeah, he's passed saw him maybe like on uh, Comedy Central here and there, but like he's the, dead? the career never yeah. took off. Well, I'm so, sorry, sorry to tell you, he's dead. He died. Oh, well, but he was he was like towards the end. He was just he like he had a stroke and stuff. But yeah, dude, he would he'd bring it raw. He'd bring it real, and that's kind of like like I love the reason I like Seinfeld is because Seinfeld is Seinfeld. Like he's that guy off. But I mean, would we know about Seinfeld if there was no Larry David? I mean, that's I mean, like, ooh, sacrilegious, Sam. How could you do it? But it's the truth. Would we know about him if there was no Larry David? And it's just like he set comedy. Like you know, he's a lot. You know, it's so funny. Like he was in he was in the Last Dance, and I've always said that like Jordan and Seinfeld both were great, but they did a lot of damage too. Like Jordan brought in the one, the, you know, one guy's more important than the team ball. So everybody started going one on everybody because they want to be the next Jordan. Well, you know, everybody wanted to be Seinfeld, so everything became observational, clean comedy. And like Raw and Real got pushed aside, and it wasn't until podcasting game that people could be their real selves. Because everybody wanted to be on a sitcom. Everybody wanted to be in sitcom, and these fucking suits wanted everybody jumping through hoops for them because they wanted to pick all their friends from private schools. Yep. Well, the other thing, too, is that, like, one thing you notice, that people who are really talented, are, are a lot of times they're really screwed up. You know uh, what I mean? Dude, hello. I mean, look at Artie Lang. I mean, Artie Lang, I think, is one of the best natural comics I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, Artie Lang, right? <laughs> so uh, I think that uh, it goes together. I mean, talent and, you know, depression and chemical dependency and all this kind of stuff, I think, are all very closely linked. And producers and executives that don't want to deal with that shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, they, well, the real reason they don't want to deal with it is because talent costs money. Right. I mean, if, if, uh, if the Oakland A's, right. They would gladly play minimum for players if they could compete or if, even if they can't compete, they have to compete eventually or else no one will come to the game. You have to give hope, but if they could pay nothing and that's exactly what reality television was, just take shiny objects who were train wrecks and put them on television. And it's amazing how many people like to watch. Uh, how many people, you talk to women all the time. You go, why, why, you wa- why do you watch this? Oh, because it makes me feel that I'm doing better than them. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And again, I, there's, I love ladies. I, I, you know, it's like I watch Ink Masters all the time. I, I love the show Ink Masters. I, the tattooing is amazing. You know, you know so, some of those celebrities, even when they leave the company or leave MTV, they still get a percentage of them because technically MTV made them famous. Like Snooki, no matter what Snooki does, Snooki can go up with Kim Kardashian and make up some lipstick. MTV will take percentage because like we made you famous from Jersey Shore. What, what's the name of the bald black guy? That hosts the daytime show, Steve Harvey, right? Steve Harvey had a show. If you did his show, you had to sign sign away X number of percentage of your future income yeah, to him. That, that same shit. Wow. Yeah, I was like, fuck get out of here. the fuck out of here. 
Well, that's like, you know, uh, American Idol is the same way. And, and a lot of these kind of um, stars now, I mean, they sign these, you know, these broad spectrum contracts where they get everything. It used to be like you signed with a record company and they they got the rights to your recordings and the rights to your publishing and so on. Now it's like they get the rights to your T-shirts, to your rights to your in-store appearances, to rights to your your Zoom you know, meetings with fans, I and mean, they get everything. There's a and website. Okay, sorry about that. Go on. No, no, no. Go ahead. There's a website where people go to do clean comedy, and if you <laughs> sign the deal, right, they technically can sell whatever you're talking about as a TV show and not include you in on it. Allegedly. Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely brutal. It's that, but see, this is, you know, getting back to sort of like the core of this is like, this is why I think what's driving a lot of these, the fact that a lot of these uh, cults and sects and secret societies are becoming not only more powerful, but more obvious, more open. Because if you really look at the root of the modern secret society, it rises with the creation of the international corporation. You know, if you look at... Um, in Britain with the uh, the East India Company, that this was an, an, an international organization where all of a sudden people were going to be doing business with, you know, people who weren't family or even, you know, part of their religion or part of their country. So how do you instill loyalty among these people? Well, you create these secret oaths and these secret orders and you initiate these people. So you go to India and you initiate a bunch of Indian people into your, into your order and they become loyal to you and not to their country or to their religion and so on and so forth. And I think with Hollywood, because the competition is so fierce and there's such a dividing line between having it all and having absolutely nothing, the people will like literally do anything just to get on the other side of that wall. You know, that's where these kind of things become, you know, and I, I think they become this way throughout history. It's like when the stakes are that high and the, the amount of slots are so limited, the, the, you know, it's it's a buyer's market. These people can name their terms, you know, which they're obviously doing. So I think that these kind of secret societies, you know, are part of that. And I've heard a lot of people talk about how, like, Scientology became so big in L.A. because it was sort of a counterbalance, you know, to the, to the power of the studios. So if you went to, to L.A. and you had, you know, just to subject yourself to whoever the – the producers or, or the uh, executives were, and they controlled everything that you did, you know, it's almost like Scientology was kind of like a, 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 an extra sag or something, you know, it's like just another guild or union that, you know, you could use to negotiate terms with because, you you know, you have the power of people like Travolta and, and Tom Cruise and so on at the top of this chain here. So I, I think that, that Scientology might have almost been the like tipping point, you know, where it's just like it, it shows that this model could work, you know, this weird kind of cult that has these, you know, these beliefs that can um, command the loyalty of, of not only just, you know, your usual day actors or whomever, but, you know, of, of major stars. Uh, that's I think that's something that really was the catalyst for a lot of these groups coming up because there's always been cults in, in, in Hollywood. I mean, this is something I don't think people really realize. It's not a recent phenomenon. You know, we've talked about Jack Parsons in the past and, you know, Jack Parsons had his Thelema cult in Pasadena and, you know, there are all sorts of actors and writers and all these kind of people, you know, working in Hollywood that were involved in that. So this is something that goes back for a very long time. And I do think it has a lot to do less with, 
you know, whatever their strange beliefs are and more about how do they, um, you know, combine, you know, uh, for, for power, you know, it's like, how do they, uh, assemble themselves into, into an organization that's going to have some kind of bargaining power against the, you know, the immense, almost unchallengeable powers of the, uh, of the executive class. So, um, very Again, interesting that, because what's that? when you talk about that, you, you know, with Keith, Keith Renair getting, uh, what was it? 160 years or something like that for oh, yeah. all this Next, stuff, yeah. which is kind of crazy because, you know, the Brofmans were right there with them and they got like, what, six years. It is unbelievable the, the, how much when you have money it changes the legal system. They were right there with they were funding Keith Rainier. But I used to I do a joke about it because it happened in upstate New York, which is right next to I I grew up in upstate New York. It's Albany's a, like a hundred and something miles from where I grew up. And I talked about you know because you know it was everybody trying to make it in Hollywood. And if you're going to join a, you got to kind of join a group. And I go, you can either be Scientologist, gay mafia, AA, Jewish, or sex cult. You know. And I go, and now if you're in all of them, your name is Tom Cruise. That's the joke, okay? And it's it's a great joke. Johnny should have laughed a little harder if everybody wasn't on their phones. They would have really enjoyed well, that well-crafted fucking joke. But the point is, <laughs> is that all of these groups slowly over time. Now, AA is the least of, uh, there's no like dark arts in LA, I, at least as far as I know. And I've been in it for a while. You know, I have my moments here and there. But, uh, you know, uh, they, they position themselves within the power structure of of hollywood so there there are people who you know oh you're part of this group green light green light green light it happens all the time and like the, it's so funny when people get quiet and angry about that when it so blatantly happens it's so blatantly and i wonder what I, i'm gonna be honest with you i think that the, the, the thing that circumvents all that and it trumps it all is pedophilia I think pedophilia is the most powerful of all the groups that are are trying to run Hollywood. And well, that- that's the whole idea about <laughs> taboo violation. You know, it's like how far are you willing to go? I mean, how 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 much do you want it? How how bad do you want this? I mean, what are you willing to do? What are you really willing to do to get this? And I think that's you know that's something that's as old as time. I mean, that's not unique to Hollywood. Um, you know, we saw a lot. Of, we've seen a lot of this. I mean, there were all sorts of scandals from the, uh, you know, the British government in the 70s and 80s about all this kind of stuff. So it's just like, you know, what extremes are you willing to go to, you know, to, to get the ticket, to get the brass ring? You know, but the problem is, is that once you sell out, you know, they hold all the cards and, and they, you know, you have you have power against others within that organization, uh, you know, within that organization, but you have no power against anybody else in that organization. <clears throat> you know, it's um, these, these groups are very well controlled and they have, you know, very damning, you know, evidence against you that they can use at any time. I mean, I don't know how much of that was involved with Nexium, but I know that, that who's that really cute little actress <laughs> that was involved in that. What is her name? Alison name? Mack. Uh, Allison yeah. Okay. Mack. Yeah. Alison Mack. Bill, I know yeah. that she was, she was um, doing a lot of recruiting because she was up in Vancouver, right? She's supposed and to be Vancouver's doing 15 10. years. How much? 15. She's supposed to be doing 15. It's still. She's not, right yeah. Well, she, with... she obviously she ratted out 
Rainier. I mean, Rainier was the fall guy for that. I mean, I don't think I don't know how much of that he was really driving. I think I think it was a big Bronson part of it, but were. I think they were all big part of it. And this is my, I have my theories. Do you want to hear my theories on why women get less less uh, time? I believe that they they realize that women have a shorter time to have children. This is my goddamn belief, and that they don't want them to have all their productive year, their child productive years in prison. So they let them out, but they hit them with a felony. So now you're a, you're you're a woman who could have kids with a felony. Your ability to make money is incredibly crippled. And who do felons date? Felons. There you go. What, and that, now you what have, happens to that kid? Now you got three. Let's say you have three kids. Now you got three kids that have no. There's no income coming in. The household's probably chaos. And boom, now you're either joining the military, which I really think is a big part of this COVID shit and why they're trying to get rid of uh, 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 the uh, ability to have an abortion. And franking. Because and they too. want, nobody's joining the military right now. And now you get rid of all the jobs. What are your options if you're a low income, low intelligence? And if you're in the military, it doesn't mean you're dumb. I don't mean that at all. But there's not a lot of options out there. You don't want to be a cop either right now. So where do you go? Yep. Go to the military. And now now we got sold to die, soldiers. Yeah, well, I, the military itself, I mean, there's always been cults in the military as well. But, you know, th- I think that people don't really understand the military because you think people think when you talk about like the military and being involved in a lot of this stuff, they think, well, what are you talking about? You know, my uncle was a you know reserve captain in the in the National Guard, and he wasn't involved. And, you know, it's like that's that's never it. You know, it's never like the the recruits or the low ranking people, or you know, not usually, but it's it's always at the top. You know, and um, I this stuff has been ensconced in, in military. You know, we talk about the the Mithraic cults the last time I was on, and the Mithraic cults were centered probably predominantly in the military. You know, um, they were predominantly uh, <clears throat> military based and you know wherever they put a, a Roman garrison that's where you would have a Mithraic temple so I mean that just goes to tell you just how much of that mentality is involved in this but you know the interesting thing is that we talk about Perseus and Algol and Medusa and all this kind of stuff um, in ancient times so this is this is just, just how deep the rabbit hole goes here so in, in ancient times the constellation of Perseus was seen as Mithras you know that, that that was like who Mithras was in the in the heavens was um, was Perseus because you know you see him he's perched over Taurus the constellation of Taurus with a sword and if you look at what's called the Tauroctony which is pretty much the only definitive thing we can say about the Mithraic cults but it's it's the guy with the um, uh, the Phrygian cap um, killing the bull and Perseus you know the name Perseus means from Persia. And that the uh, the Phrygian cap, you know, we talked about the Statue of Liberty being a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you know clearly is. Um, <laughs> the original design was not that 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 bride tiara. The original design, um, the Statue of Liberty was supposed to be wearing the Phrygian cap, you know, the same cap that we see Mithras wearing. So it's just like there can't be any doubt that that this is what we're looking at. But it's just like. These things are all so strange and so unfamiliar, and you never hear about this stuff. You never, you know, you never really hear about um, this symbolism. You know, the late Tracy Twyman, who, who I was good friends with. I mean, she was talking about this a lot of this stuff. Um, she was really, you know, tuned into this stuff because she'd been looking at this stuff for a long time. I think you really have to kind of be looking at this stuff for a long time before these sort of subtler patterns come out. But um, 
you know, then you realize that it's just like, it's all like connected. It's, it's all intertwined, but it's all just like very strange. You just think like, wait, what? There's like some star in the sky that blinks and that's important to people. Like why? Like what the hell's going on? Like what, why does that matter to them? But it, you know, for some reason it does. Um, no, I don't understand, but you know, we see uh, the me too movement adopting you know medusa like i said i mean if you go to the medusa page on wikipedia you're going to see all this material about um about me too but me too is being run out of caa which you know we talked about the last time and that's the the hollywood um agency that has the all-seeing eye and and all this you know the eye in the pyramid but there you go i mean there's the eye in the pyramid you know i would very strongly argue is the demon star it's algal that's connected to Medusa, and it's just like your, your head starts to spin. But it's so insane because it's been it's so insane, so but it's just like many you years. see it over and over and over again. You know, you like you can't like you once when you first stumble on this stuff, you're just like, what is going on? This is crazy. Like, what? Why does this matter? And then you just see it over and over again. It's just like, is this just like things that they just decided were important so they can have power over other people? I mean, I don't know, but when you see the symbolism in the courtyard of the very most powerful Hollywood agency, arguably the most uh, powerful talent agency in the world, you can't dismiss it anymore. You know what I mean? When you see this, this Medusa statue being installed at a state criminal court, I mean, it's, it boggles the mind. I mean, who could have imagined that? I mean, five years ago, and two years ago. who commissioned that? Who's like, hey, uh, who wants to do a reverse? We're kind of like we're tired of the old way where the chick gets her head cut off. We want to we want to remix it and do a mashup, and we well that's inversion. So you know, inversion is, is, is a big but thing, but no fatties. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know, so we're seeing all these statues being torn down, and it's gonna be it's gonna be quiet, and it's gonna be a long rollout. But you're gonna see this more and more of the stuff installed. You know, where, where they take down some. World War Two veteran or something. Well, they wanted to they wanted to take down uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They legit <laughs> said we will, they, they, they don't want it. That that the uh, slaves worked on that. That's that's unfair. You, and you know what it really is, man, is you have a bunch of rich kids who have been indoctrinated for a long time, haven't had fucking idealism fucked out of them by life because that's a blessing. May you go through suffrage to realize what the world is about. Like, I, I got a friend of mine. I love him to pieces. He's a great political analyst. But he was on Rockfin one day talking about how 16-year-olds should be allowed to vote. What life experience do they have that they should be just? And now, 18, we let that happen because you can get sent to war. Okay, you should have a say on whether you're going to be sent to war or not. But 16-year-olds? Like, what have they done? What have they done? I think you should be 30 before you should vote. I would agree on that, but people are going to be upset if if you're sent to die and you can't have a say in it. You're sent to die. Well, it's an all-volunteer military now. You know, it's an all-volunteer military, so, you know, why why should that be a a qualification anymore? Well, I mean, when... Go on, sorry. No, so you, you guys have probably seen the, the old movie Starship Troopers, and I don't remember if it's in the movie, but I know it's in the book. But in the book, um, you couldn't vote unless you served in the military. 
you know, you'd have to you'd have to earn the vote, the right to vote by serving in the military. And the whole idea was that, you know, these civilian goofballs and, and, and greed pigs were starting wars just to make money and sending, you know, other people's children off to die in them. You know, so it became where you would have to, you know, have been had your boots on the ground, so to speak, before you were able to vote. And I think, you know, I think there's great wisdom in that. I don't think we'll ever see it. But I, I, I just think it's insane that 18-year-olds are, are allowed to vote. Because when I think back when I was 18, I mean, I was just like the stupidest thing in the world. I mean, and, and I was basically like semi-feral, too. You know, it's there are 18 years, 18 year olds. I mean, that just like they, they're dumber than 12 year olds. I, I think like once all those hormones kick in, like once all those hormones kick in, it drives your IQ down like 30 points. It really does. It just makes you stupid. And I couldn't like, agree more. And no, but now, you know else who, sh- who should have served? The president should serve. Oh, yeah. You're the yeah, one sending people out there. Literally well, the one the last sending them. three have, and Johnny had a weird reaction. Well, yeah, military is, I mean, I think a lot of the military is brainwashing, honestly. And do you want your president to be that enmeshed in the military industrial complex? Good point. Sure. That's a good point. Well, well they are anyway. They are either way. I mean, yeah, but you know. I'm, I'm speaking like ideally here, you know. I uh, I think it's a great question. I, it's very interesting. I mean, like, I, I remember when I turned about 25 years old, I started understanding, like, how the world worked. I still wasn't even there, but I still, I remember this fog kind of opened up, went away, and I kind of started seeing the world like, oh, it's not sunshine and blue skies. It's not rainbows and unicorns. It's like there's a lot of, there's chaos, and there's different opinions, and they, they, they challenge, you know, everybody kind of starts going at, you know, not everybody thinks ideally not everybody has your best interest i think everybody who wants to run for president should have to tour a war zone that, that's more more like it for me i Just think there should be go, like, go visit a bombed out hospital or like a ride along with the cop yeah no, exactly. I, I think they should have to do <laughs> mushrooms dude Mushroom, like yeah, like go. You know, you have to go through like one month of like heavy psychedelics where you just go somewhere with some monks I've and you, you just do them all, all of them, not just one, all of them. You do all the psychedelics. I'm about to say meth too? I, I don't know if meth is psychedelic. We no, have not. had people on here <laughs> who said they've done a lot and talked to the old ones. I'm not going to judge them, but the point is... I think they should have to go the going to military, going to going to this, going to that. I do believe that we we have a lot of people who talk about a certain way of living that have never lived that life. That's what I think. What do you mean, like Biden paying lip service to being from Scotland? No, like and all, all that these shit? Marxists who want to live oh. in a Marxist society oh, you, have yeah. never lived in a, 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 any kind of a communist country. Yeah, how how the left. And and this, their obsession with identity politics, how they got into, especially like like you say, like lesbians and gays and trans people who support the idea of a Marxist revolution in this country. I mean, it makes no sense. It's and just, and it's, dude, it's what we have here is a bunch of people who are taking money and selling out their own. <laughs> I talk about like RuPaul, man. Like I've watched RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it's hilarious, right? But man, that that. RuPaul having that show on uh, on Netflix where she's like the guardian angel of a, of a, a, a homeless kid. Why would you do that show, RuPaul? You know that's going to cause a reaction from people who already don't like trans. You're just going to inflame it. But you did it because you took money. 
What's and the, you what's made the your agenda? Own group look bad. What's the agenda there by Netflix? Do you think scare the fuck out of Christians? That's okay. what they did with cuties. Scare the fuck out of people. Well, what was cuties? They, you know how many people unsubscribed to Netflix and they still didn't take it. Down? I think Netflix was different. Uh, different. I see. I'm not somebody who's into. I don't think if there's a trans agenda, it's not by trans. It's by rich, rich people trying to get us all to fight with each other, which is always the psyop. You know, I don't think Jews run the world, but these powerful people want you to hate Jews. I don't think blacks are criminals, but these powerful people want you to think that. It's just the way it is. We can go through any group. And it's this group, the same group of people getting us all to fight with each other. And they do these psyops. Well, well, one thing I, I, you know, getting back to what I was talking about before, I mean, you know, woke is a cult. Trans is a cult. Um... And not saying that, you know, certainly not that all trans people are cult, but we certainly see a very cultish aspect to this. Um, Marxism is a cult. So what's happening, um, and this is something that some sociologists have done some very interesting work on, is that so we have this, you know, huge cohort, the millennials, sort of entering into the uh, the job market. But, you know, the, the job market has shifted. You know, we've had a lot of outsourcing. We've had a lot of offshoring. And, you know, we have these baby boomers who just won't retire. They're, you know, like, <laughs> they just never go away. You know, they're just holding on for dear life for these jobs. So the, the job market um, is flooded with, with qualified people, you know, people who have degrees and people who generally have some sort of education in what they're trying to do. And they can't find jobs because the jobs are either going, you know, out of the uh, country or, the, you know, with these H-1B workers being insured that are, are given these jobs for, you know, half the pay that they would pay somebody else. Or you have these baby boomers in these management positions that just will not retire. So some, I forget who it was, but they talked about how, like, this is, this is like a revolutionary condition because when, you know, in France in the late uh, 1700s, and in Russia in the late 1800s and, and early 1900s, uh, you know, you had the same exact situation. And this is how these things happen. It's never the workers. And these people always come up and say, oh, we're, we're fighting for the workers. It's, it's never about the workers because revolutionaries are never workers. You know, people don't rise into these revolutionary classes from the working class. I mean, look at Sheikh Wafar. Sheikh Wafar's father was like a, a rich doctor or something. Trust fund right? kid again. Always trust fund kids. <laughs> They're always... Trust fund kids all the time. Revolution, being a revolutionary is seems to be rich privilege. Am I right, everybody? It's like it's like when you you know it's like this. Everybody's got a fucking uh, uh, a pronoun. You know, doesn't have pronouns. Poor people. Poor people don't give a fuck about. You don't have time. You got to go to work. You're trying to get fed. Or you're trying to to figure out how you're going to eat that day. Not trying to. You don't care if someone calls you sis or whatever. Fuck it is, man. It's like only rich kids care about that shit. So with identity politics, I mean, it's interesting because you know you have all these groups. You know, it's like I guess this new thing is BIPOC now, and and but you know if you really look at the people who are driving woke. It's predominantly upper middle in, uh, upper middle class or upper income white women of you know from college age to middle age. I mean, they are really the the, the core of woke. They're really the core of identity politics. You know, uh, that's why we hear like a lot of talk. You know, these these women who think they're white saviors and so on. But there are a lot of pressures on on white women uh, of of means today. 
uh, you know, one of the things that I would argue that, you know, particularly with, with the, you know, the Karen phenomenon, I mean, these are women who are all terrified of their rich husbands leaving them with nothing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so they, they, they're always pissed off, right? They're always, they're they're always on the edge away, because dude, they're so worried think... about the, everything being taken away from them. And, and I think that, you know, so the, the whole idea when, you know, we had a, a lot of, you know, a lot of diverse workforce entering the marketplace, I think these women sort of freaked out and were trying to figure out how they were going to appropriate this energy, how they were going to try and stay on top of the pyramid. And, and again, I mean, this is something that I've seen directly in my life. I mean, I used to be in the, you know, uh, book publishing and you just see this. I mean, you know, the entire publishing industry is, is so woke. It, it makes your teeth hurt. It's just, it's insane because it's, it's this cohort. It's this populational cohort of, of deeply anxious upper middle come, uh, upper middle come white women. So again, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a basic psychology to the work that I'm doing because, you know, everybody hears me talking about rituals and the stars and, and secret societies and all this stuff. And they just think it's just like really crazy and off the wall and just like this weird little thing off in the corner somewhere. But it's not that at all because it's all about how people cohere and organize into uh, power blocks, ultimately. I mean, and, and how they express their power and how they maintain their power. And this has always been done throughout history uh, with cults and secret societies. Uh, you know, we had this little strange period in time where we had, uh, you know, a lot of um, affluence and people with disposable income and, and, you know, jobs were available, maybe not the best jobs in the world, but you could find a, a pretty okay job. I mean, that was like this little oasis in history. History has never been like that. History has never been like the, the you know, that period from like the late forties to like the early nineties. It's just, it's, or, or maybe the early, you know, up to like nine uh, eleven and so on. It's, it, that's just like this weird eye blink of history. It's always been like doggy dog and tribal, tribal identity. Um, and, you know, struggle for power. I mean, that's the way it's always been. And that's, what's always produced um, ritualism and secret societies. So like, this is something that I really need to, uh, you know, impress upon people because a lot of people will just think, oh, this is weird guy doing this weird blog with all this stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> it's kind of entertaining, but it doesn't really have anything to do with life today. It has everything to do with life today because believe me, this is the new normal. You're going to see more and more of this and it's become more and more front. And, you know, and I, I had a talk with my friend, uh, Gordon White, who really turned me on to the whole stars thing in the first place. But, you know, we, we were like, when are we going to start seeing like, live human sacrifices, you know, and on television or something. And, and you know, this was a couple of years ago, and we both sort of decided it's going to be in 10 years. But it might be sooner than that. It just might not be, you know, presented as that. But we also, what we have now is like these humiliation rituals, Harvey Weinstein, you know, directly connected to the, uh, the Medusa thing, as we talked about. And, you know, one of the things that I blogged about uh, this week, uh, this past week, was like this whole Hunter Biden thing. You know, and for some bizarre reason that seems to um you know coincide with the hunter's moon you know which is the blue moon which is on i guess uh oh, tonight, tomorrow. tomorrow it's tomorrow it's, it's or tonight, tomorrow right so the, yeah. the hunter's moon and but it's also the you know the orionids orion the hunter so isn't it you know like so they knew about all this stuff about hunter biden for years now right i mean this has been no mystery to anybody but like why is all of a sudden this stuff coming up now you know, during the Orionids, the hunter, which is also, the Hebrews called it the Nephala, the fallen, the Nephilim, and so on and so forth. 
you know, the symbolism is really potent. It's been around for a long time, and it's been around for a long time because it works. I mean, it, it does stuff. It works for people. I mean, I have no idea why or how, but it does. And that's why we see, like, Hunter Biden going through this ritual humiliation as, you know, you walk out the door every night and see the hunter, Orion the hunter, rising in the sky right outside your front door in the hunter's moon. Is that coincidence? It, it could be. Do I think it's coincidence? No, I don't think it's coincidence at all because I just, I've seen this stuff for too long and I've been, you know, blogging about this stuff for too long to like think any of this stuff is coincidence. Well, once you start seeing the patterns, not only can you see the patterns, but you also can predict what's about to happen. And, you know, you really brought up, it just kind of hit me as you were talking about it. This whole Me Too thing has been about female sacrificing males. Jeffrey Epstein, he, he got sacrificed. No, he didn't get sacrificed. He's he got suicide, but he still got killed in plain no, sight. No, 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 no. I'm talking about these guys in Hollywood, like Jeremy Piven. Oh, he grabbed somebody's boob. That's what they said. And now he's been completely, you know, whatever Jeremy Piven is, he, you know, the times I've hung out with him, he's been nothing but kind. You know, he did stand up three times. He gave me a couple uh, notes on my stand up gig. But outside of that, and I'm only kidding, he's a nice guy, dude. You're talking you know? about like the Indian, the Indian uh, comedian? Yeah, like, you know, like you see these guys. That are he's being, a sorry, right? Yeah, he's that guy. A sorry, yeah. Chris D'Elia, Brian Yeah, I think Kelly. he's Pakistani. But um, yeah, you're right. My yeah, bad. Yeah, it's it's a winner. It's winnowing. What it is is that it's clearing the field of competition and doing so in a way that you can do away with these people and make it seem like it's their fault. Yes, you know? dude. Yes. So that way you don't have to. Tig you don't Nagaro, have to pay them. Like, hold with, on. Um, Tig Nagaro getting Nataro. getting Tig Nagaro Nataro Nataro Tig Nataro. Getting Crystal Leah's role in that movie is what it is always. That is what it's about. That is what it's about. That is Medusa cutting off the head of a man and sacrificing. That is what. Well, the same thing with you know with Weinstein and 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 Les Moonves and all these people. I mean, these are the people who were like, they were at the top of the game, but they weren't. You know, they weren't producing anymore. They weren't, you know, coughing up the shekels. They're disposable. And, they and that goes into what he's saying about Jeffrey Epstein. But I find Epstein and uh, and Weinstein were... were oh, way two different things. To, well, yeah. no, but both of those guys were were culpable they were they they did what they were they were said like these people there well, was, no, but they mouth. have to have those guys to legitimize the, the rest, rest of, of it, it. Yeah, right exactly right so you sacrifice some real ones and then you go after these guys and it's like very weird because most of these guys are all like have a connection to netflix and that's why i tell people like netflix is dark arts man and what else do they have in common they're all white guys why is it only white guys? You tell me no rappers. You tell me no pro athletes. What about R. Kelly? R. Kelly. Uh, he won't go down. He, he's still out. And Dude, he's doing some crazy Chris, shit. I thought R. Kelly was people. in prison. Chris Brown. I mean. Chris Brown is touring. He's selling out. And every time he, he's on MTV, you see a bunch of white girls going, he can punch me in the face anytime he wants. He's so hot. And you just see it all the time. Yep. Well, I'll tell you something else, though. Um, you know, when we talk about, like, the, um, the winnowing and, and the getting rid of people and, and the, the ritual aspect of it, um, I, I don't think they let you get to that, you know, that Weinstein level or whomever, whomever you want to name, Charlie Rose or uh, that guy from 
the Today Show on on NBC, what Matt Lauer, I think his name was. They don't let you into those positions unless they know that they can get rid of you. You know what I mean? Unless they get something on you. I, I, if you're like somebody who's like sort of clear as the driven snow, you're just never going to get into those positions because you, you can't be compromised. Or you you're like me. You're dishonest about all your scumbag shit. <laughs> well, that's, that's another thing. I mean, if you're upfront about it, uh, like, you know, like uh, Jim Norton, you know, I mean, constantly just confessing every, you know, cringy, horrible thing he's ever done in his life. I mean, what are they going to have over him? Yeah. You know? So I, I think that that's shit. The, leave me alone. You know who they try to do that to Joey. Joey talks about everything and they try to take him down. They're like, you know, he talks like this every single day. They took it over a stupid story that was so obviously embellished. Yeah, yeah some of it didn't even happen that they're trying to get him on. Yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, look at it. And then it's just the same blue check mark power players. I, I, I say it's all. But time. can I tell you the other thing that's going on, though, when you, you, know, you talk about Netflix and everything? Um, it's not really well known that Netflix, for a lot of these shows, these original productions that they do, the pay is horrible. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's, it's terrible pay. I forget, there was somebody who quit from, I guess, the Daredevil show, this Asian actor. I forget exactly the thing, but he was saying, like, you know, I, think I was just making, like, $200 a week when, when everything was said and done, you know? Uh, it, you know, the pay is, is, is brutal. It, and, and, you know, you get these people, you know, who are real hungry and, and think that there's a, there's a step above this, but there is no step above this. I mean, this is it now. I mean, the old Hollywood system is, is basically being, you know, a controlled demolition. It's yeah. being taken out because it, the, the, the financial models just didn't work anymore. And I think that, I think that me too, I mean, I really believe this. I think that me too was the, the you know, the, uh, the shot across that was sort of clearing the battlefield. You know what I mean? That was sort of like the air support, um, you know, mowing down all the, uh, the infantry on the field. So you could just come in and just do the sweep up operation. I mean, I really do believe that. But yeah, it's limiting the competition. The people, it's, and it's just it, like, well, the, Netflix has the, Viacom the, the, flu. It, That's what they got. They got Viacom flu. All the rats from Viacom ran over to Netflix, and they took the exact same model that destroyed Viacom's brand. Viacom was killing it. Think at the height of its power, MTV, Comedy Central, and it just destroyed it. It just, they, these suits came in and they started inflicting their agenda and everything. And they, they I, I don't think you ever really made a lot of money on MTV or on, on Comedy Central. And the key was to go and make money touring and selling books and all that shit. Not anymore. Not same, a- same thing yeah. with Vice. It, it's, 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 it's really a very strange period of time. But again, these are the periods of time that people get desperate. And when they get desperate, they'll do anything. You know what I mean? And and these kind of he's got a couple videos of that on his phone. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> in this kind of when when people are just so desperate to grab that brass ring, rather than just say, "Well, I'm going to go off and do something about myself." I mean, it may not be as big, but it's just like their egos are so huge that they're willing to be controlled. And again, I mean, I think that this is a real major part of the you know the phenomenon that I've been. Um, tracking on the blog, and and, and I, again, I think Bono is is a great example of this because again, I mean, I was there when you two were sort of coming up. I mean, they were like, they were good, uh, you know, they had some good songs, but there were a lot of bands doing that same kind of sound that I, you know, were arguably better, and somehow they didn't get, you know, they didn't get allowed into the club, you know, they didn't get in, allowed into that whole upper echelon Bilderberg Davos. 
things, certainly. I tell know? people that um, all the time, man. I go, listen, I, you're going to hate when I say this. You're going to get really angry, and you're either going to stop talking to me or you're going to hear what I have to say. You're not part of the cool kids. And when you realize you're not part of the cool kids, it's the most. it can be the most freeing thing ever. I bombed in Montreal in the year 2000. I was dead man walking in Hollywood. And then it was the most painful thing I ever gone through, went through. But it is now the blessings of blessing because I learned very early, nobody wants to work with me. I have to do everything myself. Everything myself, with the exception of these two guys and, and, and Dana, who helps with the ads. We're just, this is the operation. And that's what we do. But man, it's a blessing. But man, when I sit down with people... And I go, hey, dude, this is what I did and what people who I looked up to did. You tell them, they hate it. They don't want to do it. They just want to do the old model, which is pitch the suits, get greenlit on that, and then hope it hits. And they, they'll pitch forever. <coughs> Instead of sitting down and going, how can I create my own business? Dude, the internet is now Main Street. That's your own pirate ship. Yeah, your own pirate ship. They hate it, dude. They can't stand it, man. And let me tell you, there's all the times I see kids that are coming up. I go, if you would have been here 10 years earlier, you would have been huge. But that model doesn't exist anymore, and you're going to have to make it on your own. Good fucking luck. Well, look at all these people that are are, are waking up and smelling the coffee that the, the free ride is over. You know, uh, it's going to be it's going to get weird and it's going to get weird and it's going to get grim because there are a lot of people who are making a lot of money. And, you know, it's over. It really is over. I mean, you're going to see stuff coming out of Hollywood. You're going to be stuff stuff uh, channeled onto Netflix and so on. But um you know, the whole big budget thing, you know, the blockbusters, the popcorn movies, they're getting rid of that model because that model hasn't been economically sustainable for a long time. It really hasn't because people just expect more and more. They expect more and more CGI. They expect more and more explosions and they want more and more production value on the screen. But it's just like that costs a lot of money to put up on that screen. And most of those pictures don't make their money back yeah. at all. Most of these so, big production where production companies are going away because you know like i i did some television recently if you actually knew how much money i made off that you would laugh you would literally laugh because i was there all day and you had to fly all the way to new york all over the place no matter what i mean there's different show nothing because there's so there's so many hands that gotta get fed before the talent gets fed that that that's done i don't see i don't see big production companies surviving it's gonna be independent companies ran by two or three people that get paid when they sell the fucking product. They got to make it themselves. It's no longer here's money to make the product. That That is dead. It's going to be make the product, sell it to us. That's what's going to be the future. Everything on spec is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think you'll... And guess what? I love that. Here's your dream, dude. Uh, here's my dream. I made it. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. We'll pay for it. All right, there you go. Dope, Instead man. of me pitching. Well, now, who are you selling it to there, though? Direct to customer or to the like Netflix? Both. What, Both uh, right. it, it depends. Because I, I think the ideal model is that there's no – cut out the middleman altogether. You just need a platform, you know, a YouTube alternative in my ideal world, and the content. And then it just goes straight to yeah. the people. Fuck Netflix. Fuck all these – 
third well, party. Well, Netflix is just killing themselves. I mean, they are just killing themselves. They're worth, well, $100 billion, but they just raise their prices. When everybody's... When everybody- well, it's, there's an arms race going on right now because what you have is all the networks, Fox, NBC, uh, they're all... CBS now. They're all pulling back their content. It used to be all that content was available on Netflix. They're all pulling it back, creating their own streaming platforms, and there's this arms race now for talent. Uh, and, and that's why they're spending themselves well, into the poorhouse. Well, there's arms race for, for, for content. Yeah, well, like, that's like, the same thing, though. Talent, yeah, like creation. Like, like people they're taking, who to create uh, shows. They're taking The Office out of Netflix. Why do you think? Well, it's going to love, Peacock. No, yeah. it's going to Peacock. That's yeah, why it's going to NBC's people love platform. The Office so much that you're willing to let Netflix go for The Office. I know people that put that shit religiously. They just put on the background noise. And people will leave for the office. It's I, I don't like it, but I think yeah. the show's gross. British version. Now, I, I, I don't. Have, I don't have a lot of faith in the future of Netflix business model. I mean, I think a lot of it's just being held aloft by just venture capital. You know, people totally just shoving a lot of this money. Because how many of these shows do people even watch? I mean, I'll go to the, the homepage, and there's like seven thousand thumbnails for things that I have absolutely no interest in, and, and half of which just look exactly the same. I can't tell them any of them apart you know it's always like some name like you know chimera or oblivion <laughs> or you know yeah. overload i mean just like these weird like just nebulous names it's always like strong female lead science fiction and i'm just like i i never watch that stuff why are they asking you know why are they putting this on my homepage? i have no interest in this stuff well and netflix but it's, it's like all they produced netflix built How much their, of that stuff can people watch netflix built their lead a massive lead on the fact that networks were so slow to realize that streaming was uh, like a legitimate alternative for them and now that the networks have caught up they they have really no value you know what i mean they're they're realizing they have no value and they're going to either going to have to do what amazon did and transition you know amazon just used to be a book website uh they're either going to have to do that transition or i think netflix is dead i really do oh well netflix is dead because they killed their brand it's like at the end of the day people like Here's you know what Netflix is? Netflix is like TiVo, right? TiVo for the longest time was the brand of that, which is recording your things. It was so big that it that it became a verb. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna fucking TiVo this. They and and they and they succeeded because they were first of that technology. And when DirecTV started doing the same shit. They, they didn't, didn't cover yeah. like they should have sold but, their technology to yep. somebody. Yep. So they were everywhere. So Netflix got so big that and then all these fucking Viacom people went over to Netflix and they just it's like what people complain about everybody leaving California. Right. They're like, move to California. Now you're going to bring California politics to Texas. Tennessee, to Texas. And it's like, no, you ran that shit into the ground. Leave that there. Listen to what we're doing. That's what happened with Netflix. All these Viacom scumbags that that just were straight out Ivy League schools and were from trust fund kids ran that thing to the ground because of their political beliefs and they couldn't co-sign on shit they didn't believe in because they thought entertainment was for them. And they and on top of that, these nerds wanted to make nerds cool. That's all Judd Apatow movies were. Look how cool nudes are, dude. Nerds are banging 10. And after a while, we're like, okay, now you're trying to fucking brainwash into thinking dudes who can't see, who read fucking, you know, who hang out at the library are fucking cool. Fuck Dungeons and Dragons, right? <laughs> so that's why people stop watching that shit. And that's what happened at Netflix. Viacom came over there, and they got the Viacom flu, and they're running to the ground. But Netflix had already evolved. Remember, and Netflix used to mail you DVDs. 
So if they if they could have evolved and done to something else, if Viacom wouldn't have stepped in and yeah, ruined it, well, exactly. Yeah, Netflix used to be used to call in and they used to mail well, you they, the thing. Netflix killed uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix. For they didn't want to because they, they didn't know how to evolve. You don't know how to evolve. Nothing. You have to figure out where people are going. And would to. it be here? What it was today? Uh, who knows, dude? Well, guys. Oh um, man, Netflix's stock price is down. Okay, this is just a little aside here. I don't know if you heard about this, but they're. they're Stock price is down um, just in one day, uh, 28 points. Oh. I mean, that's a huge. That's if you look, if you go, If you go to the, um, let me see, the five days. That's cute. Yeah, they're, they're just falling off a cliff. I see this, one of the problems too, and, you know, again, I'm just going to keep bringing it back to the psychology, this, this uh, tribal cult thing that I just want to keep banging on here. Is that when you're involved in these these bubbles, you know, that's really what they are. They're just bubbles. They're thought bubbles, you know. They're um, echo chamber. Echo chamber. That's a great word for it. Echo chambers. You you you're so bought into the ideology that you can't see past it. So I think with companies like Netflix, we're like, oh well, the, you know, cuties is good. You know, why, why are they bashing cuties? Because because, you know, somewhere along the line, I mean, they're either bought into this whole pedo thing or they're being unconsciously or consciously pressured by people who, who have. Um, they, they can't see past that. They can't see, like, people like, no, like, 11-year-old girls twerking is disgusting and horrible. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I think twerking itself is disgusting and horrible, but never mind uh, the, like, uh, I don't know. and uh, children doing it. You know, this is bad. This gross. is wrong. You know? and the kids, is what's that? Uh, gir- What'd you say? Little girls doing it is absolutely disgusting. Grown women with fat stacks. I think think it's a. I think it should be an Olympic sport, but that's just. Me. <laughs> well, more power to you. I mean, it's just my personal opinion, but you know, we could all agree that eleven-year-old kids should no, not. For definitely, sure. definitely all of us not. except for Johnny agree with that. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I don't want that on the record. No, I absolutely, and, and, I disagree. But I'm telling you, it's like they can't they can't let go of that because their entire social support system thinks the exact same way that they do. You know, and this is like this is the downside. This is how like mind controlled populations are always going to self implode because they can't think outside of the bubble and whatever things, you know, life is fluid, life is dynamic, you know, life is full of change and new challenges. And if you're so locked into this, this cult thinking, and that's really what it is, you know, whether it's woke or whatever you want to call it, it's a cult, it's a cult way of thinking. And you're so locked into it, you can never, ever respond to real challenges to that way of thinking by uh, you know, adopting to the new conditions, and that's why it's you know it is imploding. It's done a terrible um, catastrophe on the financial well-being of the industries that it that it the cult infiltrates. Always, you know, it's like I mean, everybody knows get woke, go broke, and it sounds like just like a very facile uh, cliche, but it's it's so absolutely true because it's a, a cult has taken over your 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 business. And part of their cult way of thinking is that your business is, is inherently bad. I mean, how is that going to work? Yeah, I agree, dude. It's a, and listen, none of these people, uh, you know, none of these people that are trying to work within the system want to say anything that will cause them to get a red light. You know, the, the system is set up that there's so many green lights you got to get along the way to getting the gig. 
that just takes one red light catching somebody on a bad day or they heard somebody say something about you that wasn't true and that red light there, you don't get that gig. That's why you need to get a fucking pirate ship. I tell these people all the time, get a pirate ship. Stop waiting for these people to green light you. Get to the point where they need you on your terms. And when you get there, you won't want to do it. I guarantee you, after Joe Rogan stops doing UFC, you won't see him on anything ever again. Because he doesn't want to do it on anyone else's terms. And, and just, they're still on his terms. He don't fly out. And he'll, he, he tells you which one he does. Yeah. I mean, because he's so good yeah, at it. And then yeah. you got Spotify. Spotify's a great <laughs> example of how that woke group there needs to fucking be. They need to gut that, that app and bring in savages. Just go. What do you think of Rogan? You like it? Everybody should just be pro-Rogan that works there from the top to the bottom. Well, you know, and it's this whole under—this is this whole group that felt voiceless and, and and voted for Trump. They have no representation in media either. Those, you know, you know what I mean, like that. Well, whole, in mainstream, ex, well, except for yeah, like except for the alt media, yeah. But in mainstream legacy media, there's no representation then, for like middle America mainstream. And the people. problem with the mainstream media is it's a bunch of rich kids convincing America <laughs> that poor white kids yeah. are the problem. When it's their fathers and their grandfathers who created the system. And as soon as they get to maybe around 30 and they start to wake up, they'll instantly become the people they rallied against when they were in their early 20s. Well, you know, it's funny you brought that up because I was was seeing today that um, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Trent Reznor, was endorsing Joe Biden. Hey, Jeff, what are you doing, dude? I'm thinking, like, first of all, do you understand your audience? You know, and I can understand, like, uh, like he comes goes on Twitter and says, you know, I can't stand Trump. You know, I, I hate Trump, whatever. You know, whatever you're going to say. I mean, it's just the way he thinks. But well, he goes on, on Twitter and says, I like this senile old crook, this this gangster, this, uh, you know, this demented gangster, you know, who's, had, who's never done shit, anything guy. for anybody but himself. I mean, Biden has never done anything for anybody but himself in his entire career. And to endorse that. What what Trent Reznor is saying is like Hollywood, please keep hiring me to do film soundtracks. That's exactly you know, that's, that's what exactly that what is, saying. dude. That's exactly what it is, and that's why I find sad because you're fucking Trent Reznor. You're one of the best live acts I've ever seen, and they need you. They need you because I don't know if you've been looking around. There's not a lot out there, and the fact that. You bring name recognition and you bring fucking quality there. They need that. It's the same reason they put Bill Burr on everything. Bill Burr brings blue collar to everything he fucking does. They need him more than he needs them. Now, he'll probably be like, I like the checks. But you, they, you've created you've created a fucking substance, man. They need that. They need Bill more than Bill needs them. Because if Bill never acts again, he'll sell out arenas everywhere he goes. Well, you saw who uh, who uh, endorsed Trump now? Oh, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne and Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent's pulled back on because all the, his yeah, white I ass. Think, said, I yeah, I think they he both said they don't. He won't give him any more fucking white ass anymore. Or his white yeah, girlfriend, Christopher Knowles. You were great again. We again, we did not talk about the siren, <laughs> but I'm sure one day we will we will get the story of the siren. We're building it up so much. I hope it can. I hope. 
that it can actually live up to our hopes and our dreams. Christopher, one more time, tell them where they can find you. Uh, for now, secretsun.blogspot.com, but I fully sort of expect to be deplatformed at some point. So I'm Which uh, building my own pirate ship. It's not even. It's not even that. Even if you don't play on their 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 websites, you go. Okay, I'm gone. I'm going to do my own thing. Now they won't even let that happen. Now they won't well, even let that happen. They'll take down your website. They'll. They're like, dude. They're fucking with BitChute right now because BitChute yeah. is having a giant surge. And now, 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 now you can't even have an app on some. So you know what, man? It's just like they're gonna. They're going to have to destroy the internet, but but data is king, so we'll see who wins that battle. He's Christopher Knowles. He came. He saw it kicked ass. I appreciate you coming on, brother, and we'll do it again soon. Someday, we will talk about those sirens. We'll get to it. All we're, right, we're, brother. She's going she's gonna to pop up in the news again, so, you know, that'll be a good time to do when it. When that so. happens, we'll do it. It's a matter of time. I appreciate you, dude. Thanks for coming on. We'll do it again soon. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hacked. Tim Foyle hacked.